For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the ACC Panic Room alongside Lauren Brownlow. I'm Joe Ovius. When's the Big Four final between NC State and Carolina today? I haven't gotten a time. I mean, it's probably coming up, the actual game, <laughs> isn't it? Like... It's actually the on the twenty the 21st. Yeah, they play on the 21st. Okay, so not um, super soon, but soon enough. No. This month, I figured. Yeah. No, I, no, I wanted to play at Reynolds. We're, as some people joked yesterday, let's go, go to Dorton. Why not? Open up the windows. It's like spring outside. You might as well play a basketball game, although the court might get a little uh, a little moist um, at this time of the year. All right. We're, let, let's, let's start with the big surprise of this big four doubleheader that we had last night. Uh, which uh, Luke DeCock and I of the News and Observer were discussing what has been a somewhat uh, boring ACC, uh, not so exciting ACC season, uh, one that was setting up for uh, kind of a, a paltry list of NCAA tournament teams. Uh, we we were gifted some surprises last night, and the biggest one being NC State's win over Duke. I I know State fans are surprised. And I feel like last night was more about, and this is a controversial thing to say, and I'm not trying to hot take it up, but I think last night was more of an eye-opener for how Duke responded to NC State big-boying them more than NC State at this point. Yeah, I can see. Because the thing about it is, and I even had, like, State fans telling me this, which I get it. Like, they've beaten Duke plenty of times at home. Yeah. Weirdly, far more than UNC. I think it's you know uh, I mean? five of the last. I think it's five of the last seven at PNC Arena like, has been NC State, and they've done it on years where they haven't even made the tournament. And Duke's like won it all or gone to the top. Doesn't matter. Does <laughs> right. not matter. Was that 2015 where they smoked them? I think that I was think the so. butt. Well, that was the butt slap game. Yeah, that was, the butt slap game was Mark Godfrey slapping well, Coach K's rear end, and he and he slapped him into the NCAA tournament final. That's the second funniest game in recent series history, as we all know. The funniest. And I know it doesn't count, but I was there and I saw it, so I don't care. Is the one at at Cameron when that yeah. state team? And again, that just kind of shows like there are just some teams that no matter what in the ACC, they just kind of seem to have your number. Like it's a good, I don't know for whatever reason. Like it, it's it doesn't necessarily mean anything long term, and that's what a lot of state fans were saying. Like cool that they did it, fun, mm. whatever. But like it's happened before and ended in they weren't able to build on it. Right. Yeah. And so I get it. Like I get why state fans would look at that and say, okay, cool. But like, I still need more. I understand. But mm-hmm. you've also got DJ Burns. Like, come on. If that's not enough to hey. get you to PNC, like thankfully the crowd filled out, but I was disappointed initially. Like I'm like, I've never seen a state crowd like that for a Duke or Carolina game ever. I want, I'll, we could talk about the crowd a little bit later. Cause but I do think it's, some. it yeah. filled out some, but I have, I have, thoughts on that that we can save for later in the conversation i'm glad you brought up dj burns because it's easy to look at terquavion smith and jarkel joiner and see how they filled it up and go well there you go you know jillio joe about all the lit of hero of the day for nc state players in these duke games right uh you know like the first one that comes to mind for me 1998 and cc harrison right 
we've seen the Al Freeman game, you know, we saw the Dennis Smith game as you as you as you mentioned. So seeing those two guys fill it up the way that they did and I thought did a good job because you know how state fans can get. And some state fans interacted with you and me about this last night, about what is a safe lead. Because you talk about weird things. Let's not forget that 20-some-odd point lead that was blown at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Right. Okay? And so that's why I knew they were especially gun-shy. Like, state fans are going to be gun-shy with the lead anyway, but, like, especially against Duke, understood. I get it. Yes. So, I understand the mentality. So credit to Joyner and and for Terquavion Smith to hit big shots. Yes. Like was trying to chip away there, and then Terquavion went on his own, you know, 8-0 run at that point. But that game was sloppy early. And Kevin Keats talked about this after the game, where that he gets worried about the squad, even pre-squad, when they don't score, they can kind of get, you know, tense. They clam up a little bit. Yeah. And when it was ugly early... In the first three minutes of that game, who was the one that got things going? DJ Burns. DJ Burns was the one. He had a little 6-0 run there on his own, and it's like he, it's deceptive. You see DJ Burns on the court, and you're thinking, who is this guy? Dude's got moves, okay? He's got moves. There was one surge late in the game in the second half that everybody chanting his name. We had like a step-back floater. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was like, what is happening right now? And people lost their minds. It's just like, for me... I mean, I have been better lately at finding joy in some small things. You know, you kind of have to when you're stuck at home on COVID for a lot of, you know, a lot of time. Right, Um, right. And DJ Burns is one of those things for me. His joy playing basketball is contagious. And Mm -hmm. I, I just would encourage state fans, like, I get it. You don't, maybe you didn't want to invest. Like, maybe you don't want to be hurt again. But just let Go to the games and just let DJ Burns' joy fill you up. Like, that's all right. I'm saying. It's great. It's great. It's, and every time he touched the ball, like, they, everybody got excited. Whenever he made a shot, everybody's like, it was the loudest cheer I heard all night. And that, that helped, too, I think, because, like, it got the crowd, like, way more into it as it's filling yeah. out. Like, it was just magic. Anytime he got called for a foul, that was the loudest boo I heard. Like, I'm just, I tweeted this, and I mean it. I'm glad. At the state fans that were there, and hopefully more state fans keep showing up for him, just for him. Just do it for DJ. I'm just saying, let him fill you with joy because, like, they love they loved him the way he deserves. So I'm not going to, to your point, as, as to where we got with the start of this conversation, I'm not going to try to extrapolate any meaning out of another state surprise win, quote, unquote, surprise win right. over Duke because NC State fans know this. You and I know this. They, they can turn around evidence. and lay it. I understand. But here's, here's the thing that yeah, I, I, sometimes I have to practice what I preach when it comes to certain things, when we talk about ACC basketball, not get too wrapped up in what we see in November and December, and even in certain early parts of January, especially right. as these teams become more and more cobbled together pieces that won't really find themselves until later on in the year, right? But you look at NC State's losses. You know what the combined record is of their conference losses? Yeah, they're, it's good. It's 11-1. and one. Yeah. You look at the top of the ACC standings right now, you'd be confused to think that, is this an ideal football top? five at this point in time you know Clemson's right. at the top Pitt's at the top 
Miami? What, like, what, what is happening right now? Right? Basketball, a hot start in ACC play. I know. What could know. go wrong? I know. I know. I know. We've seen this. We've seen this movie before. I totally understand where you're coming from on that one. But the point is, there is some context to where NC State's record is right now. That is not to say that you know you you won't you don't want that first pit game back. That's not to say yes. that you didn't have Miami on the ropes. Those are and, good teams, though. Like those yes. are three of the better teams in the league right yes. now. And I think right now we see teams like Duke and, and North Carolina to a degree, like still kind of struggling to find where they are going to fit in this yeah. year's ACC. I don't know that we have any idea for sure yet. Same thing goes with Duke. To transition the conversation over to Duke, again, my surprise isn't that Duke lost. It, that was unfolding, and it was almost getting embarrassing for the Blue Devils. I thought to myself, almost. and Jill, and, well, yeah, Jillio was up in the up in the press box with me, and it was like we were all having this conversation about, well, we know how Coach K would handle this, right? Like, we know what Coach K would say after the game. We know there'd be some speculation of, oh, man, they're practicing tonight. Or Coach Coach K is going to have all of their equipment in a bag on the floor and not letting you in the locker room. Things that have actually happened in the past. We don't know how John Shire is going to handle this. We don't know how John Shire is going to process through what has been a very weird, incomplete season for the Blue Devils where – I know what their one identity is. They're theoretically yeah. a good defensive team. They're a big team, good defensively. But none of that was on display last night. And the bigger issue for them is to, the you know, it, it's as Jillio likes to say, as he's you know sitting across from here in the cubicle, who's the bus driver? Who's the bus driver for Duke? They don't have one right now, and that's a problem. Not to say they can't develop that because it is only right. January 5th. But right now, that's a huge problem for the Blue Devils. I don't know what they are. I think I would have thought maybe it would have been Jeremy Roach. And I think that surprised me a bit that it hasn't surprised to get benched last night. I know. And, and, and the thing is too, like I saw Duke people tweeting this as well that were at the game, like that, you know, there's no one stepping up in those huddles either as a player. Mm -hmm. And you would think of anybody, it would be Jeremy. And, you know, the other thing too, is like, as we know, like Shire's not K. He's just not for like, and I don't mean that as like a pejorative. I just mean they're completely different in terms of yeah. their styles, their sideline personalities, all of that stuff. Um, and so like to think that he's going to like have them practicing or whatever, like take their gear away. That doesn't strike me as like Shire style. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe he takes that from K and he's like, I'm going to do it. I just don't necessarily think that's his style. And I don't know. You know, and by the way, Kay did this sometimes too. Like when some of his teams were going through a rough patch, he would go through a phase with them where he wanted to like love on them a little bit and be like, listen, yeah. like I'm here for you. Like we're going to get through this. Like we'll figure it out. I still believe in you. And I think watching them run offense, I, I don't even know if I should put it that way because it was like, where, what was it? You no, know, it was just like a bunch of like, Let's get let's pass it around until we can maybe try to attack the pain at the end of a shot clock and do something wild. I mean, it was just yeah. the offense was incoherent to me. I didn't understand what they were trying to do. And I think that's been that's the concern for me. Like we know they can defend and mm -hmm. we know they can create off of turnovers and everything like that. But human nature, right, just kind of means that your intensity is going to drop some when you're not make, when you go that long without making a shot. Like at a certain point, you have to think maybe you aren't going to make another one. Yeah, it's it, but you know the thing to keep in mind, and uh, it was good to catch up with West Durham of the ACC Network after the game. 
It was funny. He was like, I'm not saying it's Carolina like last year, but let's not forget that Carolina got run out of Wake Forest. And, you know, oh, for sure. And we're all, they got we're all sitting here going like places with plenty of gyms, yeah. plenty of gyms, and they'll go on to win. Now, again, see if you want to keep it, if you don't even want to talk about other examples within the ACC, you can just keep it to the beginning of this conversation and that we've seen good Duke teams get run out of the uh, out of PNC Arena and have really good seasons. Maybe not forward. quite like that. But no, like, that's what I said. That's the, yeah. Last night was different. Last night was that a little was bit way different. different. Um, all right, to Carolina. Um, you you talked about defense. It's the one thing that I've been. It's funny. We we talked about this on the show yesterday. <laughs> Talking about Carolina is really simple. <laughs> it's like, you really are is. your are your key guys doing what they should be doing? Well, then yes. chances are Carolina's going to win. So what yes. I liked about last night, though, in their win against Wake Forest, was twofold. Um, they were able to overcome Caleb Love's um, inefficient play, if we will. And the On one both thing, ends of the court, by the way. Yes. And the one thing that I've been pushing, at least, you know, as I watch them, it's like, guys, come on. It's defense. They're like a middling defensive team. They have spurts of decent defense. The difference last night, late in the game, was they started getting in a transition. How are those easy transition baskets coming together? The turnovers. And Wake's, okay. like, I was surprised early on that they weren't for forcing more of those because Wake is kind of a turnover-y team by nature. They like to play yeah. up tempo. That's yeah. kind of the, their style. And so I was like, how is, like, Wake could have had that many turnovers by accident early on. <laughs> like, just not even. And, and at one point, like, Wake had more steals than Carolina had assists. And I'm like, that's yeah, I mean, not great. On. That's not good. But, yeah, they started. And I think, like, in the past, I've chalked some of that defensive up and down play because you even saw it when they you know turned things around last year in march and february or whatever mm -hmm. is like they have such a thin rotation that you know sometimes they got to save those spurts for like when they really might need them but they used some of that depth last night that's where trimble comes in trimble had really yeah. really good minutes last night yeah he did yeah trimble mccoy had mm -hmm. some key minutes and then you know Leaky Black stepped up as an alternative scorer, you know, as an alternative scoring option. Without him, maybe they are run out of the gym early, you know, mm -hmm. without the way he played in the first half. So, yeah, it, it's complicated with them. You look at, you know, some of the numbers they were allowing early and you're like, yeah, it's not great, y'all. But then they managed to, like you said, find a little it's it's weird. Like their spurts aren't offensive usually because that that part has been better this year. I feel it like it's more better. consistent. Than it was last year, which is part of why they would get run out of gyms because they were bad on both ends of the court mm -hmm. in some of those games. But like now, they're scoring usually. They don't always run offense the right way. They it's sometimes mess, but they're usually scoring. Now the problem is the defense is just kind of up and down. And you know, if you get into a place in a game where you're going back and forth with somebody and the pressure's on you to keep scoring, I don't necessarily know. Like Carolina can do it, but like, is everybody playing at a high enough level yeah. right now, like last year, to where you assume they'll outscore somebody? Not really. I think they're. I think they're getting there. Yeah. I think The other positives for you know this team kind of understanding what the expectations are and doing it on a consistent basis has truly come through with R.J. Davis. Yes. Uh, our, you know, Armando is going to be Armando. I don't think there's any. You know, you're getting a healthy Armando Baycott. You know what you're getting straight up, right? And Caleb Love is the roller coaster, as we've discussed so many times going back to last year. To me, the steadying force consistently has been R.J. Davis. When R.J. locks in 
he has, uh, again, it, it could be, you know, we always talk about leadership, right? We were talking about Duke earlier. Sometimes uh, the steadying force might not be something that happens in a huddle. It's how you're playing. And that, to me, has been R.J. Davis in their biggest moment so far this yes. year, the steadying force. And, the, again, consistency of doing that has been elusive for the Tar Heels. Um, but this is yet another building block. You know, but remember what about their, the a step back against Pitt. This is a step forward. Remember what their record used to be in games where Caleb Love played poorly. Like they've been able to overcome that yeah, far more they this have. year than they had in the past, like his first two years. So yeah. that that's a good sign for them as well. And RJ has been consistent and that's also a good thing, but you know, let's be real last year. Brady Manick got hot, and what that meant is you couldn't double-team Armando Baycott as often down low because there were shooting threats all over the floor if mm -hmm. he passed back out. And now mm -hmm. I think people are kind of still daring their outside shooters to beat them at this point, and, and they still need to make sure that they stay focused on getting the ball inside to him. It feels like sometimes a lot of they'll go through long stretches where his only touches are on offensive rebounds, and they've got to make sure they keep getting him the ball. All right, let's go back to the crowd at PNC Arena before we get out of here. Um, look, there. Th this is a layered conversation. About... I, but I hate crowd hot takes. No, no, this is not me trying I, to do I'm, that. This is me. Just, I was genuinely surprised. Yes, this is me trying to have a non-hot take, honest conversation okay. about where we are in sports attendance, okay? Sports attendance in general is down, straight up, uh, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. The biggest culprit is that it's – the technology is too good now, and it's it, it's not compelling enough to leave your right. house. Um, you know, I've seen this conversation with the and with the with the Carolina Hurricanes coming up, the outdoor yeah. game, right? You're if you want to watch the game, like actually watch the game, stay home. Yeah. But if you want to experience the game, right. Well, then you go and you deal with the bad sight lines and the expensive stuff and everything else, right? So you're going for the experience. The problem is that the experiences on a Wednesday night in January at 9 o'clock, you know, do I, do I go through all that and sit in traffic and everything else? I'm talking about the Carolina game, which also had a eh crowd for a, you know. Oh, before. a niner. For a niner, right? And that's the thing. It's like, what, oh, yeah. 9 o'clock is too late on a weeknight because, you know, it's a school night. Got to go to work. Blah blah blah. Seven o'clock. You got to deal with all it's the traffic early. of getting there. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's eight o'clock. You know, really, the sweet spot. If we're being honest. But TV. But TV dictates, and that's why you got to have two. It's a doubleheader. I appreciate that ACC network. I get that. So yeah. there are there are there's a there's a larger conversation about in general people are yeah. not as compelled to go to sporting events as they once For were. Sure. And TV technology is a direct result of that. Okay. Yes. Now we get into the apathy portion of the conversation. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, has to follow. And I was actually shout out to Corey Smith because I talked to him for a little bit because he, you know, poor Corey's dealing with you know state fans on Pack Pride that are like the crowd was good, the crowd was good. And I told Corey what I'm going to say here. I said I find it strange that people que not que questions are wrong. I'm not trying to be gatekeepy here. No, you what, know what happens with crowd takes. With crowd takes, my point last night was. Even in the leanest of NC State years, and there's been plenty of them. They've always showed up for that. They always show up for the Duke game. And Carolina. They always show up for the Carolina game. And depending okay. on the day, depending on when it happens, they'll show up for the Wake Forest game. Okay? There's a, like, there's a little like old-timer type thing that shows up for that. But specifically Duke and Carolina, regardless of the year, people are going to show up. 
So last night was, and I don't, and people want to bring up students, y'all. I have been to plenty of games in these windows where the student seats end up being taken over by other people, or you have enough local, you have enough people who have come back for the start of school. Like we're talking about NC State. A lot of people just have to drive in from Cary, from Durham. Like it's a right. local thing. Okay. So let's stop it with all oh, the students are out of town. The students are home. All right. I went to NC State. I know the deal. The point is that last night was eye-opening in that there was a lot of blue and there were a lot of empty seats outside the student section. And while the crowd was, quote-unquote, loud, yes. again, how many times have you been to that building, Brownlow? How yeah, many times have I been to that building? Yeah. There have been better crowds. There have been insane crowds. And it's like, usually oh, brought up the Rodney Purvis game. It's usually filled. Like, so, that's the thing. No one, and, like, I don't know why people get like this. Like, well, I do. But whatever. It, no one's saying you're all bad fans. No. Like that, I don't know why everyone gets so defensive. It's like, I guess maybe they think because they obsess over, like, Carolina and Duke's crowd size for football yeah. games that it would be hypocritical of them unless they like to have a small crowd. I don't know. But it's like, dude, it happens all the time to everyone for yeah. various reasons. Like, it's fine. And it shows you where things are with the NC State program. And like, I have people are still going to show yeah. up. Yeah. People, and they, I again, people are still going to show up. But it ain't I what it used to be. fans in my mentions to mm -hmm. know that there is an element of them that are just tired of the Keats era. And yeah, I, to me, that's as easy of an explainable factor, plus all the other things we mentioned, as anything else. It's like, okay, we show, I show up and they win. What does that mean? Nothing. Okay, I show up and they lose. Great. I watch them lose another game. Like, what's right. the point? <laughs> right. I get it. And it's fine. Like, I understand why y'all feel that way. The reason yeah. I haven't been to a Panthers game in forever, and it's not just, yeah. it's not because I'm sick now. It's because, like, I don't, why? Yeah, why would point? I do that? Well, even it came down to last night. Like, I, I was, I stuck around to see if there was going to be a crowd rush, right? I mean, there was enough students there. Um, and if you wanted to rush the court, you could have. But what I noticed was, you know, there was like a couple security people holding these guys back, holding the, holding the students back. I think the students, as, as as they were holding them back, I think they realized, eh, what's the point? Let's just go home, right? And again, I said the same thing. I've been to enough games at PNC Arena, and I've seen enough court rushes at PNC Arena, where I have literal people climbing over me back mm -hmm. when the media seat used to be on the floor across from the NC State bench. If you really wanted to rush the court, you would have not right. one single security guy saying no, guys, you can't go out there. I I've literally seen like... people climb over on the ten-year anniversary Brownlow of Will Privet rolling out to center court. We talked to him yesterday on the show. If there's a want-to factor to rush the court, you will rush the court. So that wasn't really a, an element yesterday. And I asked Kevin Keats about that. I said, "Man, man, are you like surprised that there was no court rush last night?" He said he was glad there wasn't a court rush last night which i thought was interesting because he's like Spicy. this is i in a way i kind Mild. of agree with him in a way i kind of agree with him because if your state uh oh we lost brownlow, I'm here. brownlow I'm back. Oh, there you go if your state and if we talked about you've done this a bunch of times at some point you gotta stop rushing the court you know it's like eh, we beat duke again at home all right cool right. moving on yeah no and i mean also like i thought part of it was like they were up by like 30 yeah. Half the game. Like, it wasn't as if it was close or like there was any suspense. Yeah. So nah, nah, it almost nah. felt like it, it would be like embarrassing feeling to like, you know, it's one thing to beat them by like 15. It's another thing to beat them the way they beat them and then yeah. be like, yes, we did an upset. It's like, well, it didn't feel like an upset by the end, did it? it really didn't.
All right, well, that's going to wrap it up uh, for this edition of the ACC Panic Room. We will see you all this weekend. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.